First reading <coughs> is from the Old Testament, 2 Samuel chapter 7, verses 1 through 11. And if you're following along in the church Bibles, that would be on page 301. Now it came about when the king lived in his house, and the Lord had given him rest on every side from all his enemies, that the king said to Nathan the prophet, See now I dwell in the house of cedar, but the ark of God dwells within tenth curtains. And Nathan said to the king, Go do all that is in your mind, for the Lord is with you. But it came about in the same night that the word of the Lord came to Nathan, saying, Go and say to my servant David, Thus says the Lord, Are you the one who should build me a house to dwell in? For I have not dwelt in a house since the day I brought up the sons of Israel from Egypt, even to this day. But I have been moving about in a tent, even in a tabernacle. Wherever I have gone with all the sons of Israel, did I speak a word with one of the tribes of Israel, which I commanded to shepherd my people Israel, saying, why have you not built me a house of cedar? Now therefore thus you shall say to my servant David, Thus says the Lord of hosts, I took you from the pasture, from following the sheep, that you should be ruler over my people Israel, and I have been with you whenever or wherever you have gone and cut off your enemies from before you. And I will make you a great name like the names <clears throat> of the great men who are on earth. I will also appoint a place for my people Israel and will plant them that they may live in their own place and not be disturbed again. Nor will the wicked afflict them any more as formerly, even from the day that I have commanded judges to be over my people Israel. And I will give you rest from all your enemies. And the Lord declares to you that the Lord will make a house for you. And our second reading is from the book of Romans chapter 16, verses 25 through 27, and in the church Bibles, that would be found on page 1126. Now to him who is able to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery which has been kept secret for long ages past, but now is manifested and by the scriptures of the prophets, according to the commandment of the eternal God, has been made known to all the nations, leading to obedience of faith. To the wise God, through Jesus Christ, be the glory forever. Amen. And the gospel reading is out of Luke, verses, or chapter 21, verses 26 to 38, and that's found in the Church Bibles on page 1012. Out of respect for the Gospel, please rise. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the descendants of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And coming in, he said to her, Hail, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at this statement and kept pondering 
what kind of salutation this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great, and will be called upon, or will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. And Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. For that reason, the holy offspring shall be called the Son of God. And behold, even your relative Elizabeth has also conceived a son in her old age, and she who was called barren is now in her sixth month. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, the bond slave of the Lord, be it done according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Because of what happened in Bethlehem some 2,000 years ago, the birth of that baby Jesus, you have God's grace, and you have God's peace. And you have the gift of forgiveness and the gift of eternal life in him. We're going to look at a, a verse that follows after the gospel lesson today, the, still uh, the conversation that's taking place between Mary and, and Elizabeth, and Elizabeth says this uh, to, to Mary. She says, as soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, may these words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. You who are our strength and our redeemer, our savior and our king. Amen. Have you ever taken the time, simple thing, to watch a child, oh, let's say a, a two or three year old child, eat a cookie? It's just fun to watch them do that. The, the sheer joy that they have in that simple pleasure of eating a cookie. I mean, the way they, the way they hold it, the way they look at it, the way they savor each bite of that cookie. It's like for them in that moment, life just couldn't get any better than what it is. Having that cookie and eating that cookie. That's, that is such a, a, an example of, of childlike joy. And if you watch a child do it, it kind of fills you with a little bit of sense of envy. Why can't I enjoy a cookie like that anymore? I mean, where, do, where and when do we lose that, huh? That childlike ability to just take joy, just immerse ourselves and lose ourselves in, in the moment, something very simple. Where did we lose that a, a, along the way? I'd like to get it back, wouldn't you? And, and, and especially today, I'd like to get it back. 
you, you saw the kids. You heard, you heard the kids. I had a couple kids come in this morning. First thing, they didn't even say hi. They said, guess what I got for Christmas? And they were showing me their Christmas presents. They're just so wrapped up in the joy of this day. And, and here you and I are worrying about whether or not the meal is going to get done. And, and this and, and, and that, whether the presents are going to fit and they're going to like them. Wouldn't you like to instead have a childlike joy this Christmas? He was about this big. And he had been given the gift of life. Hadn't been born yet. But JB, as I call him, John the Baptist, he had it. He had joy in Christmas. He had joy in the Christ child. Even before he was born, as soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Now the fact that John the Baptist had that joy even before he was born, and this by the way is a model of a baby who was about in the sixth month of its development. Notice how wonderfully, perfectly formed this little one is. All that has to happen to this little one is it needs to get a little bit bigger and a little bit stronger. It has a soul, it has a spirit, it has life, it has, it has even the ability to have joy at Christmas, even this small. Now, there's something here too, a message for us. We're on the doorstep of January, and in January, we as Lutherans, we celebrate the gift of life and the sanctity of life and the sacredness of life. And this is part and parcel of why we do it. Because this little unborn child, John the Baptist, six months along in developing and growing, experienced the joy of Jesus in his soul. And so we deem all life to be sacred, the sanctity of life. This is why, as Lutheran Christians, we're pro-life, isn't it? Now, I mean, this John the Baptist and him rejoicing in Jesus before he was born also tells us something about recapturing a sense of childlike joy at Christmas. The only thing that baby could do was hear. That's it. And what that tells us is there's no certain formula that I can give you today to say, well, take step one, take step two, take step three, and, and you'll get your childlike joy back. Because at this moment, only thing that John the Baptist can do, waiting to be born, is here. I mean, how could he be expected to follow some set of instructions, do this, do that, and then you'll arrive at joy. All he could do was hear, 
All he could do was be given a gift. All he could do was be in the right place at the right time. Now, no doubt, his mom, Elizabeth, had felt him move around before. Those of you who are moms, you know. I don't know. I've, I've never experienced it. I don't know what that must be like to feel that life stirring inside of you. What do you think it was like for Elizabeth to feel not only that life again stir inside of her, but then to be told by the Spirit that this was a Spirit-given joy in the child of her, her un, in the heart of her unborn child in the Savior. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she said to Mary, as soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears. You hear that? As soon as the sound reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Why did John the Baptist leap for joy? Because he was in the presence of Jesus. Jesus at that time wasn't even this big. This is an unborn child at about 12 weeks along. So Jesus is not even this big. Uh, Maths tells us that Mary was about one month along in her pregnancy at this point when she is visiting Elizabeth. Not a very big baby, but how big was the joy that his cousin John the Baptist experienced in his presence. It wasn't just gigantic. It was this big. It was childlike joy. That's what it was. Do you desire that gift? Childlike joy in the presence of your Savior, Jesus? You know, the other day I had the opportunity to visit with Howard and Nancy Four and bring them communion. And I shared this with their permission. Howard said, following the devotion, Christmas isn't just for kids. Christmas is for us older people as well. I hope you won't mind. Howard's 84. I wish you could have been sitting there in their living room with me to listen to Howard share his joy in the birth of the Christ child. How he reflected on that. And, and, and with almost to the point of tears in his eyes, sharing the joy that in spite of all that he's done in his life, he knows because of Christmas that he is God's loved and forgiven child. And that in spite of all that he's done, he has the joy of knowing that when his life here on this earth is over, he gets to spend the rest of eternity with his Savior Jesus. So for Howard, 
The joy of Christmas isn't just restricted to the kids. In fact, he would say to you, no, it's really more for us than it is for the kids. He has that childlike joy. All you need to do is ask God for it. And just as his spirit gave it to John the Baptist, even inside of his mother's womb, so too he will give you joy in the presence and the announcement of your Savior, Jesus. That you are loved by God in spite of what you've done. That you are forgiven by God. That you are his child. And that you have the promise of someday experiencing not only what John the Baptist experienced, not only what Elizabeth experienced, not only what the shepherds and the wise men experienced, you'll experience too. You'll actually be in the presence of Jesus. What joy will fill your heart in that moment? I pray that that joy fills your heart now. And may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.